Welcome to the Fellowship College Podcast. Today, you're going to find out who we all voted for. Well, we've got another spicy episode coming to you today about some controversial or even things that the church doesn't want to talk about. Or in this case, likes to talk about a lot. Like way too much. A little too much. You're either like, I don't want to talk about this, or this is the only thing I'm going to talk about, post about, say. But before, before we get there, I was watching Shark Tank last night. And I was thinking, what if this podcast ended up turning into uh, a podcast for entrepreneurs <laughs> where we talked about new products that we would bring on Shark Tank? And so if y'all were going to pitch something on Shark Tank, what would it be? I'm going to have to go last because I'm the least entrepreneurial in this group. <laughs> oh, good. Okay. Well, Ily, that, that leaves you. Thank you. Yes. Also, oh. Joanna's not here today. So yeah. let's pour one out. Or Joanna. Oh. I want out my coffee she, on the table. She's in a better place. <laughs> she's <laughs> on vacation. <laughs> exactly. Okay. She's not dead. She's not okay. dead. She's like actually in a better place right now. She's on vacation. We yeah. won't tell you where, but mm-hmm. her and her husband are on like their actual honeymoon and we're all very, very jealous of, of where they're at. So mm-hmm. she's in a better place. Okay. Yes. Uh, okay. Um, what's the thing? Shark tank. That's what it's called. What's your shark tank idea? Right. Okay. So I was thinking through this and I was thinking through, okay, Ailey, what problems do you have in your life right now? Do you have any? Um, no carefree hundred percent. I mean, you're a Christian. So right, right. Yeah. I have a perfect life. Yeah. Um, no. Okay. An issue that I've had recently, um, is that they don't, uh, audio record seminary textbooks. Thanks for confessing that. Thanks for sharing that. (laughs) Um, so I have like nine books that I have to read this semester and none of them, literally none. I looked up every single book on every single platform. None of them are an audio book. You know why? Because only 12 people around the world listen to them. Well, you'd fall asleep during that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. But it's an issue. Okay. That's a lot of books to read. And I, are you going to be the new voice of seminary audio? Well, here's the, yes. Seminary audio. That's what it is. That's what I'll call it. It'll be mm. an app Semina- and I will just. Seminario. Um, no, nope, we'll, we'll just keep. It. No. <laughs> um, and so I, I will record. I will read all of them and record myself um, reading all of the books. So therefore I will then get my class credit while also helping other people. I'm here to serve. Okay. But you're also here to make a profit. <laughs> yes. I mean, if that mm-hmm. like yeah. Lecrae, theologian Lecrae says, I don't do it for the money unless I do it for the money. You know, you got to respect that. Yeah, you got to make a living. The other theologian, Macklemore, says, <laughs> make the money, don't let the money make you. Mm. That's good. That is a good line. Yeah. Anyway, that's not what we're talking about today. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching Shark Tank last night, and I've had this idea. I'll, I'll, I'll admit it. My dad actually gave this to me, but I, I, I feel like I, I, I would be the one to take it to the next level. It was Chopsticks that were made of the little fortune cookie material. So they're edible. Edible chopsticks have a fortune like written on it. You would eat with them. And when you're done, that's your fortune cookie. And I kid you not, new episode came out this last week and they had edible chopsticks on there. And I felt 
I felt like I was a victim. I felt like somebody, that was my intellectual property that was stolen from me. Mm-hmm. And now they're making millions of dollars and not me. Did anyone buy it? Uh, Did any of the sharks were like, yeah, I want to invest in that? They didn't get a deal because, spoiler, because their valuation was way too high. But they also had like edible spoons, forks, like mm. different flavors for different things. Like if you want a vanilla flavored spoon to eat ice cream with, they got mm, you. That's mm-hmm. good. If you want like a garlic and herb flavored spoon to eat uh, mm. soup with, mm. they got you. Okay, soup with an edible, like I'm sorry, won't that just crumble? You would think, but no, it could withstand high heats for several minutes. <laughs> okay. That's good. I would so, love to see how they make those. Yeah. I also, not going to lie. So Shark Tank is is like my guilty pleasure. Like I wa- I've seen every episode and I've bought several, several products. In fact, my wife and I were crocheting these things called Woobles last night mm-hmm. because we saw the dinosaur. Please go look up Woobles. I get no money for this, <laughs> but I, I am three steps into my Wooble. I'm creating Fred the dinosaur. And uh, right now it just looks like a circle but I'm sure Fred is in there somewhere. <laughs> and so there's this other thing. I know we don't have a time for this, but here we are. <laughs> there's this other thing called the Hickaway. And I get really bad hiccups. This is a vulnerable moment for you. Like debilitating knives to the chest type of hiccups that like sound like these really like weird dinosaur burps. And I mean, it is painful. And they'll last for like upwards of 10 to 20 minutes. And someone invented a straw that if you drink water with it, I kid you not, takes the hiccups away immediately. It's like $7 on Amazon. Maybe, maybe the best purchase I've ever made. It sits on my nightstand just in case for such a time as this. That's so. incredible. That's, that was, that is a creative solution to a problem that, <clears throat> excuse me, everybody has with the hiccups. Except Eileen. She's my, looking at me like I'm an idiot. <laughs> I mean, my hiccups aren't painful. I don't know. I don't know what's going when on there, When she uh, found a new life in Christ, her hiccups just were gone. They did. Yeah. Mm, disappeared removed. along with the rest of my problems. She hiccuped yeah. and now she breathes. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. <laughs> well, uh, I don't know that I have um, a Shark Tank idea. Uh, I feel like I'm a little more of a how it works type of guy, like figuring out, hey, this is how things work. If I was going to come up with something on the spot, it would have to, it would have to do with, uh, in soles of shoes. And so I don't know what, I don't know what the solution would be yet, but since I was young, I had bigger feet than is proportional to myself. And so I've, I've had some feet problems. Which um, if you go to like Ross or Marshall's or TJ Maxx, I'm jealous of guys like you because it's they like carry oh, nothing but 14s. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you get all the good stuff. Yeah. They're huge. Um, but my whole life, I've had trouble with shoes. And as of recently, again, I've been wearing Vans for so long and now they kill my feet. And I've tried so many different insoles and they're not working. And so I don't know what the solution would be yet. Well, Vans have literally zero arch support. In yeah, them. well, they're flat as can be. Yes, which my feet are kind of flat. Oh, and okay. so it matches to my foot. Um, but what anyway. Came, what came f- first, the Vans or the flat foot? Chicken That's a chicken or the egg. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great question. Uh, I'll let you guys know if I come up with a solution and maybe you'll see me on Shark Tank. Who yeah. knows? Well, speaking of innovative solutions to real life problems, we have a real life problem today. <laughs> that was a bad segue. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> the problem that we were faced with today in the church is the divisiveness of politics from both sides in the church. Again, mm-hmm. we're talking specifically about how should Christians 
tackle politics? How should Christians tackle when to vote, who to vote for, what to vote for, and what were what were kind of what are allegiances to? And so it's a it's a serious problem, as Jacob alluded to in the intro. This is maybe what people talk about more often than anything else. This is the thing that people love to to post about and like send messages about and kind of like rile people up at family dinners. And so we need to figure out how as Christians do we navigate this, just this whole world, and also how do we come together and find unity even if we disagree on on who to vote for. And so just, you know, real quick, who did y'all vote for <laughs> in, in 2020? Isla, you're not old enough. You didn't vote in 2016, did you? No, I was a few months short. Oh my so close. So close. That is crazy to me. <laughs> I remember it happening though. Like I, oh my gosh, guys, I was sitting in my first hour class. It was IB psychology. And like, it was the day after the election and there were people sobbing and like mm-hmm. they brought in, um, what do they call Emotional support dogs. And like they had Yankee, extra My counselors. dog was emotional support dog at one point. Anyway, are you making that up? No, that's a real oh, story. I we, we take her on planes for free. That's fair. We, we're oh. part of, we're part of the problem. That's cool. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for confessing. I'm so sorry. Uh, today's, so, uh, today's episode is just about <laughs> how often I can interrupt everybody while they're talking, <laughs> and so I'm going to shut up for at least the next two minutes. So Ily did not vote the f- the no, first. I didn't. So we highlight 2016 election because that's where this. Uh, not the beginnings, but it really flared up oh, yeah. the divisiveness. So not 2016, but 2020. <sighs> I didn't vote. <laughs> well, explain that. Okay. Because there's different types of not voting. Okay. I knew I wasn't informed. And if I'm going to vote, I'm going to be informed first and foremost. Um, but also I was very stressed because there were just two very, um, they, they were just two candidates that I did not feel comfortable voting for. Uh, you and can say I, this is a gloves off podcast today. Thank you. Thank you. For Everybody knows that who they were. <laughs> okay. Well, so there's this, these two guys, <laughs> white, there's these two white men. <laughs> um, and I, well, not the most recent one. Wait. Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. Do you know gracious. who our president yes. is currently? <laughs> I'm sorry. I like, sorry. who's our know, current president right I'm now? Biden. Okay. <laughs> Joe is, Biden and Donald Trump. Okay. Don't worry. I'm here. I am in. I'm, I'm They're both white president. men, by the way. Yes, they are. Okay. Thank you for letting me know that. Um, I did not vote for either of them because I was just very overwhelmed with the divisiveness of everything going on in our country. And I knew I wasn't informed. And so I did not feel confident. And I just felt like I was contributing to the evil that was going on if I were to vote. So that was Mm. what happened with me. Oh, that's good. In 2016, I was old enough to vote and uh, I voted for Donald Trump in 2016. Uh, I voted out of uh, uninformedness and, uh, a lot of just from my background growing up, grew up here in Arkansas, family, um, leans really conservative, which is, was great. Um, but that was just like, okay, this is who I vote for because this is where I came from. Uh, this was also like right after I started following Christ and, uh, that part of like thinking, uh, with a, with a Christian worldview and absolutely everything and being really diligent about just making various decisions like that hadn't seeped in to political engagement yet. I just knew I was like, Hey, I should engage in politics. This is a duty. This is a, a privilege that we get to do uh, vote for Donald Trump. 2020 comes around. 
I become a lot more informed. The uh, idea of yeah, living this way of Jesus type of lifestyle has kind of started to seep into to most areas of my life. And uh, I also did not vote in 2020. I chose not to vote um, for a similar reason. Uh, I just, even though I'd backed Donald Trump with my vote in 2016, uh, watching him go through, yeah, kind of his whole term for those uh, four years, uh, even though there's some great things that came out of that term, I just couldn't put my stamp of approval with a vote, um, especially on some like character stuff. Uh, and then, yeah, again, other candidate, I was like, I just don't support that either. And so I'm not just going to, I'm not going to pick a lesser of two evils, if you want to use that uh, phrase in, in order to just vote. So that's why I chose not to vote in 2020. Yeah. I, I was actually very, very similar to that. Uh, it was 2020 was really hard for me. 2016, I also voted for Trump. I know you're not like supposed to like share this kind of stuff. Yeah, I can't believe you a, asked this, in a Josh. Form part of this podcast is, is to kind of release this like weight of like, Oh, we got to be so secretive about this. Like we want to be open books to y'all. And so please come talk to us about who we voted for. Like you can ask me basically anything. I'll tell you. That was good. I voted for Trump in 2016 just because I thought that's what you were supposed to do. Um, and similar to Jacob after watching just his specifically his, his character, the way he handled himself on social media, the way he handled himself in the public and just all these things coming out time after time after time. I was like, I cannot in good, in good conscience in good faith vote, vote for him. And, and honestly, like if we're just gloves off, I felt the same way about Biden as well. Like not only policy, but also just like character things and kind of corruption things. And I was just like, I, I wrestled with it. It wasn't just like a, ah, forget this. I'm like not going to vote. It was, I prayed about it. I wrestled with it. My wife and I talked about it like day after day after day leading up to the election. And I kept going back and forth who I was going to vote for, if I was going to vote or not. And I probably went through the entire spectrum of who I was going to vote for or if I was going to vote. And election day came and I, I went to vote and I voted for everything else, all the other things on, on the ballot and came to president, left that one for last. And I, I just, I couldn't do it. And I actually feel a sense of peace about that. I, in the last two years have not felt guilty about that. have not felt like, Oh, I made a mistake. I felt, okay. I feel at peace with, with this decision. And so why, why do you think there uh, is so much animosity or hate when it comes to this topic of politics specifically? Yeah, that's a, it's an, it's an interesting question. Cause I mean, from the beginning of even just our country, there has always been some like hate that gets thrown back and forth between parties. Um, I was listening to uh, some historians talking about some of the things that uh, some of the early like Jefferson and some of those guys were like saying to each other. And it was horrible. <laughs> like it was stuff. Some of it was worse than uh, what, you know, candidates say about each other now. So that's always kind of been in the atmosphere. Um, but it seems like, especially from people who have actually studied this, a common theme that they bring up uh, is that Currently, there's a sense uh, of tribalism that's getting played out in our culture. Uh, and so tribalism is basically if you think of, uh, okay, like what is a tribe? It's a group of people that's unique for certain things, for certain reasons. They stick together. And basically any, 
anybody outside of that tribe, whether it be a single person or another tribe, is a threat to their tribe. And so how that gets played out in interactions with each other, it's almost always centered around hostility. Uh, If you're not with us, you're against us. Uh, And that includes if you're specifically with another tribe or if you kind of choose a middle ground section. Um, It's like, well, you have to choose something. That's kind of the the atmosphere uh, that's getting played out in, in our in our country right now. Uh, and we're living in a unique time where that is getting played out with all of the effects of instant knowledge um, via the internet, TV, social media. And so everybody knows exactly everything that's going on. They hear everything that candidates say. They see everything that people that they know in their community post that might be hostile towards, you know, if you're on the right to the left or left to the right or whatever. Um, And not only that, those things get highlighted and get pushed through media uh, a lot more because honestly, it just gets more clicks. Like it's an actual, there's an algorithm to it uh, where things like that, they get more clicks are going to get put out there more. And so there's a sense of, you know, if you just look at that space in our culture, it's like constantly people hating each other, uh, over political things, whether it be just the candidate itself or, uh, whether it be policies, what, you know, stuff people said, um, when in reality, there's actually like the majority isn't really thinking like that. Um, it's just kind of what gets pushed in front of us. But then when we pick that up and we start behaving like that with people, we actually know, in person or again, via maybe like a Facebook forum or something like that. That's where like some serious divisiveness gets to. Cause it's one thing if it's just across the country and it's like, Oh, I'm Democrat and that person's Republican. We think these things about each other. It's another thing when it gets down to the personal local level and say within a church and there are people within a fairly diverse church body who are leaning different ways politically in their ideology. And they begin thinking hostily or tribalistically towards each other. And then they begin behaving like that with one another. Um, that gets really personal. There's a lot of hurt that can come from that. Uh, I know it makes pastors jobs incredibly hard to try to navigate those things. And the tough thing is, is that that's the exact opposite of what we as believers are called to behave like in any aspect of, of life, but it's really getting played out in, um, in politics right now. It seems like the crazy thing is at our church fellowship there, we have probably people on the entire political spectrum at our church. And if you're listening to this and you go and you go to fellowship, hopefully that doesn't make you want to like leave. I hope that makes you want to stay that there's people that, that vote Democrat, people that vote Republican, people that are kind of somewhere in the middle of those two. Uh, And, and yet on staff, we've been able to find this, this common ground, this middle ground of, Hey, we might disagree on, how the government should handle certain issues, but what we but what we do agree on, what what's central to us, the gospel, like what we what we cling to, is more important than these things that could potentially divide us. And so we're we're gonna trust the other people that we're we're around. We're gonna trust the people that we shepherd, and we're gonna hope that the thing that is most important in our lives will be what unites us more than these little things uh, divide us. And so I've been super discouraged by the church as a whole when, when it comes to that. I mean, during 2020, I heard so many things like, if you don't vote for Trump, you're not a Christian. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you what do you do with that? And then I heard, 
well, if you don't vote at all, if you didn't vote for president, you're not a Christian. Mm-hmm. And we say things like that, that like you're saying, Jacob, are, are, it's almost like you're trying to get a response out of the listeners. But what you're doing is you're just creating this one guilt and shame. You're creating this divisiveness. You're creating this culture where nobody wants to talk about who they voted for because they think if if you disagree with them, then you're going to be like kicked out or an outcast. And so, so how should we, from like a biblical perspective, what is a Christian's role in the political sphere? Oh, goodness. I mean, I think we are called to be good stewards of what we have. And the reality is if, if you are living in America, you have the freedom to vote and to contribute to your government, whether that be local or whether that be federal. And, um, we do that hopefully prayerfully (laughs) and, um, you know, with the, the convictions of, of what we stand for in the word. But, um, I don't think I see scripture and I don't think there is a command to vote specifically. I mean, they didn't have, if we look at the the scripture, they didn't have the freedom to go in. They weren't in a democracy. Like they did not vote. Um, but you know, um, we see in Matthew 22, give to Caesar what is Caesar's. I would be interested to hear what y'all think of that passage if it relates to, okay, does that mean we as Christians should vote or is that a different context? I don't think it talk, it's talking about <laughs> voting. I think I think you could probably apply that to taxes and mm-hmm. and things like that. What I would look to to say, hey, maybe this is a good opportunity to vote. I wouldn't go as far to say like you have to vote as mm-hmm. a Christian. I would say hey, there's a lot of opportunity there and there, it is something the steward, I'd look at the Old Testament and I'd see someone like Esther who used their political power, if we want to call it, their status to help change the way things ran for her people. Mm-hmm. Like she she did that. Um, I'd look at, uh, who else did that? I'd look at like Ezra and Nehemiah, the ways that they had some sort of... Uh, position or power or opportunity to change the way the the government, the rulers, the authorities were operating. And so they said, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna take advantage of that. Even Paul, as a Roman citizen, which was so uncommon, so rare, used that to his own advantage and used that ultimately to further the gospel all the way to Rome, which is where he was trying to get. And so I wouldn't go as far to say you have to vote or else like you're in sin, but I'd say consider that if you're given the opportunity to vote, which if you're 18 and you're a citizen of the United States, you are given that opportunity to to make the most of it and to take advantage of that, at least to be prayerful and considerate and educated on what's going on and use that vote as an opportunity to better the place that you live, to uh yeah, to produce fruit here and to leave this place better than you found it, so to speak. Yeah, that's whenever I think of um, just looking at the scriptures for our basis as to how to engage politically, um, there's a lot of freedom to choose whether you are going to engage, how you engage, things like that. And Josh, you alluded to it, what you just said. One of my favorite examples of this is uh, Jeremiah. Whenever God tells Jeremiah to tell the people, to tell Israel, God's people, who he's allowing to be taken over in captivity by the Babylonians. It's like one of the the biggest takeovers ever. He tells them to 
work to see that the city where I sent you, so Babylon, this like really pagan, horrible nation, to see the city where I sent you as exiles enjoys peace and prosperity. Pray to the Lord for it, for as it prospers, you will prosper. And so there's this idea um, of, there's a phrase that this guy that talks actually a lot about um, politics and culture in the Christian life, his name's Preston Sprinkle. He uses this phrase called exiles in Babylon, uh, and that that's kind of the nature by which we as Christians are supposed to live. Yeah. It's like we are followers of Jesus. We are to be faithful to God, but we have a real place and role in whatever place that we're living, whether that's America or that's on some other side of the world. And so we should see ourselves kind of as exiles in this world, like Paul says, sojourners and exiles, being faithful to God in the midst of oftentimes a nation that is not being faithful to God, while at the same time advancing out God's goodness and blessing by working to make the nation prosper in the ways that we can and praying for it. So there's kind of like this this dual aspect of being faithful to God, even whenever our country isn't, and also working for its good. And that could be engaging via uh, I'm voting. I'm, there's, a, there's a lot of other ways to engage politically than just voting, but figuring out what does that mean for me to do? Uh, and if your conscience is convicting you to not engage for some reason, well, maybe that actually is for the betterment of the country and kind of following that pattern. Yeah. Well, I think two of the centurions, when they go to Jesus and they're like, okay, what do I do now? Like, I, I want to follow you. And um, Jesus doesn't say, oh, give up your, your job. Like he doesn't say, oh, go in, um, you know, become a farmer because that's better for you. You know, he says, don't use your power to, don't abuse your power. Like don't rule over people in a way that's not okay. And then I think of Joseph too, when he goes to Egypt, right? Well, when he goes, when he is literally like (laughs) taken as a slave (laughs) to Egypt and the Lord gives him favor and raises him up in Pharaoh's house. And he ends up using this government position that he has to serve the people and ends up serving God's people, you know? And so I think um, sometimes I hear, oh, well, if you're a Christian, you shouldn't be in politics. Um, You shouldn't have a role in the government. You should be focused on, you know, sharing the gospel with people. And yes, we should always be focused on sharing the gospel with people, but the Lord can completely use people in government positions and, and he does to this day. So. Yeah, that's really good. Um, It's a reminder that we talk about, or Paul talks about in Philippians three, that our citizenship is in heaven, but that doesn't mean we should be absent from what's going on here on earth. Like I would argue, and you can disagree with this, that we do have what what you'd call dual citizenship, but one citizenship informs the other, where our, our heavenly citizenship, what God says, who we are in Christ, our identity in Christ, should be what informs the way that we interact with the government here on earth. And what I'm afraid of is that so often it's the other way around, that Christians are are listening to what their political parties are saying, whether that's on the left or the right, and saying, okay, this is going to inform where I go to church. This is going to inform who I help. This is going to inform like who I share the gospel with or what I do or who I vote for. And so it's like we're, we're, we've got that flipped and we're letting our political parties determine like what, what we do with the rest of our lives instead of being more influenced by what the spirit is doing in our lives and letting that kind of uh, leak into just this 
earth that we are supposed to dwell and inhabit and be fruitful in. Yeah, it kind of seems like um, part of the the hostility, the tribalism that gets played out, uh, especially in the church, uh, is that just like what you're talking about, it's believers who, like you said earlier, the allegiance aspect, like where's their allegiance? It's getting played out um, on a moment by moment basis to where it's to their political party above just a, a Christian worldview. Oftentimes it's getting informed and, yeah. uh, but that in I like what the Caesar pays taxes to Caesar thing. I think that's actually a great example of Jesus demonstrating his politicalness. Like Jesus himself is political. He was literally saying, I am King in the face of the Roman empire. It's like, Caesar's not King. I am King. It's an extremely political statement, but not only because he didn't have the opportunity to because of the empire he lived in, though Jesus was political, he's not partisan. And so whenever you engage uh, with other people in conversation and then actually politically, we really should be like what you were saying, Josh, allowing that allegiance to King Jesus inform how we engage politically and not a partisanship um, inform it. And so on a, on a moment by moment on a um, policy by policy basis, what is King Jesus saying about those things? And then how do I engage politically with it? Yeah. And so who would uh, Jesus, if he lived in 2020, who would he have voted for? What party would he have been affiliated with? Would he have been a Republican or a Democrat? The stuff, bro. <laughs> I'll give you the answer. He would not have been <laughs> either of them. Tim Keller actually answers this question way better than I could. He talks about five things that that Jesus and then also the early church cared about. And listen to what he has to say. He talks about how they were they cared about equality among races, ethnicities, gender, social class. They were they were passionate about equality in those areas. They cared for the poor and the marginalized. They were non-retaliatory. They had a strong strongly and practically against abortion and infanticide. And they had they were revolutionary regarding a sexual ethic. And if you're listening to those, two of those, the first two about equality and caring for the poor and the marginalized sound very liberal. Two of them caring about abortion and infanticide and a sexual ethic sound very Republican. And then this idea of being uh, not retaliating or not, not being divisive, neither side seems to care about. And so I think that's really cool to see like, hey, Jesus care, cared about things on both sides that we would call like the party lines today. He cared about things that both sides care about. And he even cares about things that neither side cares about. And so those are the things as Christians in America we need to care about. And sometimes that's going to lead you to vote for one person or one one thing on the ballot. And sometimes it's going to maybe lead you to vote for something else. And just because you vote for for one thing or one person and the other another Christian votes for something else doesn't mean that they're this terrible, sinful person that doesn't care about God or the Bible. In fact, two Christians, two people can care about the same exact thing and think that there's different ways to handle it. And a lot of times when we talk about the differences between Democrat and Republican, a lot of times they care about the same stuff. They just have different methods of handling that and solving 
those problems. The the test example would be caring for the poor, for example. Like a, a, a Democrat, this is kind of like generality stereotype, so don't take this too far. But like a Democrat, when you're saying, hey, do you care for the poor? They say, yes, we care for the poor. Like we want like we want those that have some sort of excess to to like have the opportunity to to help a brother or sister in need and so like we would love to see like that that money that people have excess to help out those who are just in a really bad spot that they're in need and maybe that could be the catalyst to push them back into society in a way that is healthy and productive and then you ask a republican you say hey do you care about the poor and most would say Yes, of course we care about the poor, but we want to create jobs and we want to create kind of like a, a vocational ecosystem that provides better opportunities for people to work. And that's going to be our our way to get people back into the workforce, to get people back into a healthy and productive society. And so both sides care about the same issues. They both care about the same people. They just have different ways of of handling that and addressing that. Yeah. And especially in the context of the church, which is, you know, what we want to focus on. It's like believers. It's the same thing. If we are all united in Christ, we should be caring about the same thing. Uh, and if we are caring about the same things, then yeah, that's definitely where that plays out. It's like, Oh, this is how we could get to that solution. Oh, this is how we could get to that end. Um, and so, yeah, recognizing that I think is super important because it can be easy to just glaze over that and focus on a policy that somebody throws out. It's like, oh my gosh, that's horrible. It's like, well, no, it's like, you, you didn't even listen to them. I think it's a big problem. It's like, we're unwilling a lot of the time to listen to other people, even explain themselves because we have some presuppositions. And honestly, a lot of times just because we're being selfish, yeah. uh, myself included, I've jumped to conclusions, made jokes, things like that in the political space with other believers um, because I was just like, this is what I think. And I wasn't willing to listen. And so somehow we are way over time already. It was probably my 10 minute intro <laughs> that got us this time. Eileen, is there anything else that, that you want to add? Obviously we can't cover everything in a 30 minute podcast, but if for, especially our college listeners, some of them are just voting for the first time. They're trying to navigate this kind of tricky political minefield, any encouragement or advice that you'd give to our college students? Gosh, I mean, I think, our culture as a whole just needs to take some time to slow down and listen to one another and just care for one another. Um, but when it comes down to it, if we disagree with something that our governing authorities say or do, Paul was very clear in Romans chapter 13, I think it was, um, that we are to obey our governing authorities as if they were from the Lord because they are, and the Lord's in control of everything. And so, um, if so-and-so is in power, so-and-so is in power and we're to obey them. Up and I mean, unless they are directly going against the word of God, um, the Lord first and foremost in His His um, law is it stands. But otherwise, we are to obey our our government. And so you're saying instead of saying the phrase, "Well, that's not my president. I didn't vote for that one. Like he's not mine. Like I can't. I don't need to do what he says." He you're, is actually you're tough. Say, you're saying. <laughs> Jesus, Paul, the apostles would say, instead of that mindset, even if you didn't vote for them, remember the apostles are like under Nero and yeah. crazy persecution. 
would say, hey, what if you prayed for them? Mm-hmm. What if you saw the best of them? What if you submitted to what they had to say as if it was God who put them in, in that position of authority? Mm-hmm. And what if what if you like listen to the people around you that might think vote differently than you? Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, for, for anybody who is about to engage politically for the first time um, because you just came of age or if you've already done it before um, from experience and from learning from people who have done a lot better than me in the past, uh, I would just encourage you to remember that Jesus's hope and his goal and his desire for the church is that we be united. Um, Sunday mornings, we're going through Ephesians right now. That's a massive theme in Ephesians. Uh, Jesus and John prays for, uh, for not only his disciples, but all believers that we would be one together and that they would, we would be one in him just as the father, son, Holy spirit are one. And I'll challenge you to do the hard work of talking with people who think about getting to maybe a similar end, a similar goal differently than you. Um, become very informed, especially if you're going to choose to engage politically, um, whether that's on the federal level, whether that's on the local level, uh, and keep that idea of working for the good of the city and for the nation um, that you're living in uh, at the front of your mind as we follow King Jesus. That's really good. And so, again, I know we can't tackle everything that needed to be said in, in this podcast. If you want some better resources, uh, Onward by Russell Moore is all about this, These Strange Days by Mark Sayers, uh, Out of Curiosity, which is another fellowship podcast, episodes eight and 11, both tackle how Christians navigate the political sphere. And so go check those out if you want to learn more. Until next week, grace and peace. peace.